Hello, we are Becky and Gabby, your micropolitan matchmakers, coming at you every Thursday to help you find big love in your small town. Each week, we'll cover everything from dating advice, dating love stories, and horror stories, interviews with other dating experts, and much more, all from the lens of dating in a small to medium-sized micropolitan region. Hey, hey, friends, lovers, we're back. It's season two, and we're so excited. We are so excited. It feels like it's been a long time, but we have been planning all along the way, and we have some awesome podcast guests for season two. We sure do. And, you know, I think it was good to take a little bit of a break. It wasn't initially, um, we didn't plan on being kind of gone as long as we were, but it was great to kind of refresh. We'll actually get into a little bit of what we've been up to in our lives around all of that. So that's kind of the topic for today. I don't want to ruin it. But before we do that, Gabby, should I go ahead with my heart take of the week? Let's bring back heart takes. Hashtag heart takes. So I feel like everyone's going to think I'm just that all I do is read and that I'm a huge dork because my heart takes are always books. But that is a big part of my life, I guess. And especially since we've been doing this, I've just been devouring so much fun stuff that is, you know, relationship focused or personal development focused because that's a lot of what I like to read anyway. So guys, I picked up it's a pretty new release. Those of you who follow personal development probably know Brene Brown, but Brene has dropped a real hot book for everyone. And that is my heart take for the week. You guys have to read Atlas of the Heart. It's Brene Brown's most recent release and it is really fantastic. And it's actually, it's, it's not like a super dense book, although there's a lot contained in it. It's beautifully done. There's a lot of imagery and kind of what it does is break down definitions of common emotions that we feel, common feelings, and breaks down the nuances between them. What's the difference between stress and overwhelm? Um, what's the difference between resigned and um, and uh, upset about something? I mean, there's just like all of these various levels and she groups them in a way that's really interesting and makes it easier to understand so that you can read a chapter and reread a chapter when you're having a certain feeling and really be able to define it. And I actually think that it's a book that um, this was not my idea. Uh, my, my best friend who I refer to all the time, who will eventually be a podcast guest. It's something that she read and is going to have her boyfriend read as well. And I think I'm going to do the same thing because being able to really define and talk about your feelings is legitimately the essence of communication and the important communication that needs to happen when you are building a relationship with someone. Um, so I am already, I'm maybe a quarter of the way through it blown away by some of the distinctions and things that I'm learning. Um, and she's got a really great podcast as well, um, on Spotify, which she is stopping for a little bit. There's, you know, a little bit of intensity going on on Spotify right now. Um, but highly recommend those episodes where she breaks down Atlas of the heart with her sisters. Um, it's a, it's just a really great discussion and the book itself is really interesting and it's a really very easy read. So that is my long winded book wreck heart take of the week this week. I love it. And it sets us up perfectly for an exciting announcement of a new club that Becky has put together for our members. Yay. Well, thank you so much for the plug. I'm really excited about the singles book club. Um, this is uh, those who have listened for a while know that Gabby and I have um, kind of a local capital heart connection 
um, group that we've started, but this is not just for people in our area. I like really wanted to do something um, virtual. That was a monthly gathering that anyone anywhere could join and get um, not just support. I don't want it to sound like a support group. We're going to read a bunch of different titles and talk through what we can take away from them, what maybe we disagree with. Um, we'll read some fun stuff. We'll read some, it's all nonfiction, but it's not all personal development. Um, the first book that we're going to start out with is a favorite of mine that I read every year called The Universe Has Your Back. And that's a book that's all around manifesting. Atlas of the Heart is going to be on that book list as well. We're going to read Attached, which is a book all about your attachment style, which I think is a hugely important kind of uh, aha moment that so many people have when they do that that kind of research for themselves. Um, we're going to read a dating memoir all about someone who was mildly addicted to swiping on dating apps. Um, and that's kind of a juicy read. Um, we're going to read Make Your Move, which is another heart take book that I've recommended in the past. So we've got a really nice array of books to read. Um, you don't have to come every month if you either can't make it or don't want to, but um, we're going to kick off, um, actually the kickoff meeting before we discuss the first book will happen before this podcast episode airs, but that doesn't mean you still can't join in on the fun. So um, I will put some information in the show notes so that you can connect with uh, those. It'll be the first Tuesday night of every month. We'll have a live discussion about the book that we read and maybe we'll even record one for the podcast and do a bonus app. We should, that would be fun. That could be juicy. So more to come on that, but thank you for the opportunity to plug Gab. Of course. I'm so excited. Um, Becky and I decided that the first two episodes of the second season, just going to be the two of us kind of regrouping, getting back together, talking about micropolitan matchmakers and kind of our why behind we started this. Um, so we're going to have a two-part series. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about giving you an update on our love lives because we get a lot of questions about these things and it's constantly and evolving. Um, so we want to head back there and kind of talk about our past relationships, our past dating habits and how they've led us to develop micropolitan matchmakers and how they're kind of like the foundation of everything that we do and we quote unquote preach. Um, and then next week, um, the second part, we are going to be talking about manifesting and especially what we are manifesting here with Micropolitan Matchmakers and what is to come in the future. So I'm excited to dive right in. Me too. Let's talk about, I, I'm feeling very open and vulnerable today and I don't oh. know the changing of a moon or something of that nature, but um, let's talk a little bit about the state of our love lives now and what we've been going through over the last couple of months in dating. Becky, so, do you want to I was going to say, are you going to make me throw that one out there? I can do it. Okay. I, can start. Um, I know Gabby's just dying to hear all the updates because my life has shifted quite a bit um, between December and January to now this first week of February. Um, I moved in with my boyfriend. We bought a house together. So um, it was a relatively you know, I think for some folks from the outside looking in a relatively fast decision. Um, that's kind of how I roll with a lot of things, not necessarily getting into a relationship because that this time, I, I think we actually took things really quite slow in the beginning. But once we established ourselves as a couple and as a unit and knowing the things that we both want in life, um, things have moved rather quickly. So the other kind of impetus behind the decision to move in together is that um, we lived about an hour apart, 
prior to this. So it made it very difficult with varying work schedules, being really busy. Um, you know, I have a full-time job. Gabby and I are, you know, starting a podcast and a business. So um, life was tough. And we had a friend or I had a friend whose friends were selling a house and it didn't end up being the home that we ended up purchasing, but it started this conversation a little sooner than I think we'd anticipated. And we both agreed, let's give this a shot. And for us with two dogs, it made sense to look at homes and buying versus renting. So we really rolled the dice, I think, with each other. And I think no matter how long you've been with someone, when you've lived alone, um, particularly as long as I have, which I have not had a roommate of any kind since college, and I don't really want to share how long ago that was, but it was a while. Um, <laughs> it's it's an adjustment. And we've actually had it. It hasn't been, you know, I think people will ask a lot like, oh, the domestic bliss of every situation. And we've had some wonderful times and, and there's some great things that are already brewing, but it's also hard. And I think we should normalize that, um, especially for folks who've been single or lived on their own for a while. Um, you know, Brendan had to come to me and say like, you know, it's not always all about you all the time. And he was very um, on point with that remark because I've been going through a lot of things outside of our relationship and even outside of the move where I've been really preoccupied on a lot of things. And we had to have that discussion to really get back on the same page, start to communicate, identify those feelings that we're having and talk through what's going on. And I'm glad it's happening now. I think it needs to. And and certainly moving in together is the impetus to, to have those deeper conversations and continue moving forward as we build our relationship. So I don't want this to sound like it's not a good decision. It actually, you know, it really isn't. I think a month in now we've we've really hit a great groove. He gets up a lot earlier than I do, which I always thought it would be the other way around. Um, Cause out of everyone I've ever lived with and like out of my family, I was always the early riser, but he gets up with the dogs. He takes them out. He actually, without any prompting from me, started the most lovely ritual of bringing me a hot beverage, my hot tea in the morning. So that when I do nice. wake up, it's nice and warm and, and waiting for me. So I can kind of lay in bed for a bit, collect myself. I like to journal first thing in the morning. I have a podcast that I listen to and he kind of sets me up for success. So I don't even have to get out of bed before doing um, some of that self-work um, that I like to do first thing in the morning. So this is my very long-winded answer of saying it's not all rainbows and butterflies all the time, but guess what? Nothing is. All relationships are work and you have to choose to focus on them and, and um, work through those things that are challenging. And so want to end it on a happy note. It's really, it is fun. It's different. It's wild. Um, it's an adventure, um, but it's, it's work too. And I think that's important for everyone to realize that even in the best relationships, you have to work to make it work. Totally. And I think it's important to note too, it's like, you're making a choice to be with that person. And despite the hard times and the easy times, you're, you really need to be active in that choice making. Absolutely. And, you know, I think with that, while Mochi settles in the background, I'll say you're absolutely right. And even um, it, even the choice to make the move in together, um, it, it's a scary thing and it's going to be scary no matter when you do it. Um, but I think it was very conscious and you just have to keep up that conscious decision making as you go through. And like you said, you have to choose each other every day. And some days it is easier than others. And and, you know, I said to him flat out when we had that one conversation, like I've been, I, I try to recognize when I've been a nightmare. And when he told me, you know, it's not all about you. I was like, you're right. It's been all about me and this isn't fair. Um, 
And so you have to own those things in yourself as well. But, you know, it's when, when you have different styles of how you keep things clean or how you decorate and all of this stuff, it's, it's tough to mend two very full lives into two combined lives. I don't want to ever say that like to become one, that is not how I look at relationships. We are still very much one plus one equals a greater whole of the both of us. And we both have, you know, full and complete lives on our own, but um, yeah, it's, it's tough sometimes, uh, <laughs> but it can be fun too. Like <laughs> I'll do a little editing on this piece. Gabby. Uh, if you wanna... Dog sitting and they're like, going crazy over each other right now um we can like pause for a second if you need to take care okay. of them and then i'll okay. like yeah i got the toy that they're fighting over oh, anyway know. okay so gabby that was me what's <laughs> your what's your i'm gonna start one more time sorry so gabby that was me what's your dating <laughs> oh my gosh do you need a second yes hold on Okay, I just put them out back outside, so I really hope that they're not killing each other right now, but it's okay. Okay. So All I just right. Brenda back anyway. All right, so we had a little boop. Um, Sorry about that. That's okay. okay. Well, Gabby, that was me. Now it's your turn. Dive in. And actually, you knew some of my, like, obviously you knew I was moving in with someone, but I don't really know where you're at right now. So dive yeah. in, girl. Yeah, so... um. I think I was talking a little bit at the end of season one about how I had been seeing somebody for a few months, uh, super casually, like nothing committal at that point. Um, he had been engaged about a year ago and they, well, they broke it off about a year ago. And so he was really upfront after the first month of dating that he wasn't sure like how fast he could move into a new relationship. So I definitely had some walls built up with that. Um, at some point it just kind of got to be too much for me. Like I was moving at a pace where he wasn't keeping up and we weren't able to meet each other's expectations as to what this thing was, this relationship. So we ended things. Um, we're on fine terms. Uh, I am still kind of upset about it because he really checked a lot of the boxes of things that I was looking for. And I haven't really felt that emotional intimacy with somebody in a really long time. Um, I have been chronically single for the last seven years or so. Of course, I've dated many, many people, but I haven't been in like a long-term committed relationship in seven years after being in a nine-year-long committed relationship, um, which is totally amazing because I think I really needed my 20s to grow into that individual that I was supposed to become um, solo and not necessarily be dependent emotionally um, on anybody else, whether that was a man or anybody else in my life. So, you know, I'm still kind of going through this breakup of a non-relationship feeling. Um, but again, like Becky, I work with a coach um, and my dating coach has been really helpful in helping me kind of get down to the why the why of 
like why I date, like what the purpose of that in my life is. And um, I've said this before, but it's definitely self growth for me. I think I've learned a lot, even the last three or four months that I was dating this person. And I'm just becoming more and more clear about what I'm looking for in a person. Um, and I think too, you know, my dating coach asked me last week, she was like, now are you, is your goal when dating this person or dating the next couple people that you go on dates with, is it to get married? Like, is that your, your main end goal? And I thought about it and I was like, I mean, that's definitely something that I want to do at some point, but really I'm at the stage in my life where I haven't been in a committed relationship in so long that I'm just craving that intimacy, that commitment of one person committing romantically to that other person and that's really the piece that I'm looking for it's not necessarily like that person has to be the one that I marry it's really that bond that I've been missing for so long that that seven years well and one thing that I picked up on that you said was really interesting and at the risk of um being too coachy with you right now because I know you have another coach who is awesome that you work with but I guess I would almost rather than asking the question suggest um, an activity that I did after I broke up with the person who I was seeing before I I met my current boyfriend. Um, So a little bit, I know we planned on like digging into our past sort of patterns too. And as Gabby is well aware, I have always been in a job since I moved back to this area where I'm like very out. I have commitments externally, even during like COVID was difficult because so much of my job was used to be, you know, going to events, being seen in the community, networking, making connections. And forever and ever, I have dated people who operated in that scene, feeling like I needed someone who could kind of quote unquote, like keep up with me in that sense. But what's funny is that I'm actually an introvert. And when I'm not in those situations, I need calm. I need quiet. I need rest. Like I recharge my batteries through hibernating (laughs) actually, and kind of the opposite of what so much of my, you know, external and work life is. So the person that I dated just prior to Brendan, well, actually there was a couple months in between, um, but he was far more calm and relaxed. And certainly we dated during COVID, um, So it was a little harder to go out anyway. We kind of dated during that period, during that first summer when things sort of opened back up and you could sit outside um, and we spent time together that way. So it was hard to um, gauge if he, you know, would have kept up, but he did have this demeanor that was very different from other people that I had dated. And I realized in that relationship, even when it ended, um, I did an activity that someone suggested for me. And this is kind of what I would say to you, because I like to write and that's how I process things is to write down almost like a thank you note of what you learned from that experience. And I wrote down this thank you note of like, thank you for showing me how I want to feel around someone when we're not out. Because that's the majority of your life together when you build something with someone. And that's why I was less afraid to move in with Brendan than I've ever, you know, even thought about moving in with someone else that I've dated because I knew that his energy when we're not doing those things is calm. He feels like home. He's relaxed. And in fact, he doesn't love coming to that outside stuff with me. And you know what? That's okay. Cause right. that stuff is far less important to our larger relationship. So I would ask, even if you're like prepared now, like what were some of those things, you know, those boxes that this person you were dating checked that helped you realize what you were looking for in 
your eventual, whether it's your forever person or your next, you know, long-term relationship. I love that gratefulness piece. It's something that I've focused so much on over the last couple of weeks. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, it's kind of like Ariana Grande's song, Thank You Next. Like I yes. never understood it until recently because I was like, you know what? I am grateful for that situation. It didn't end the way that I wanted it to. A lot of things in it didn't work the way I expected it to, but I'm really grateful for that opportunity and that experience getting to know this person um, and showing me, I think one of the, the greatest things that I am most thankful for in that dating experience was it, the universe reminded me that I am able to connect to people on that intimate level. And I think that I needed that reminder because for so long it was like, I'm never going to find someone like that. I have a connection to again, or like this intimacy thing. Like, I don't know if it's really a thing for me, but it reminded me that, wow, like I can get there and it can even get better from that. So I think that's that reminder piece is so great. And that was actually something that I felt in that last relationship too. And there were a lot of other things that because I hadn't dated someone prior to him in such a long time that I was kind of in the position that you were in. And I was like, man, I love living alone. Like I've got a pretty full life. Like, is, am I just destined to like be the cool aunt and that's going to be my job forever. And, and trying to find peace with that. But I think it is nice to have that one relationship, even if it's not your forever person that sh- like reminds you that you have that muscle in your body because totally. dating can get exhausting. And I think that's, you know, thinking about why we started Micropolitan Matchmakers, that's a huge reason is that you and I bonded over how hard it can be out there. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. And I think too, what um, I've learned over the last couple of months and looking back at what I have been grateful for in my dating life and the things that I've learned, I'm going to challenge myself over the next few months to start dating people who I wouldn't necessarily immediately think is someone I would want to date, especially when it comes to dating apps. And, you know, dating apps, we talk about it all the time, feel very superficial in a lot of ways. But there are some people who really put a lot of thought and time into developing really interesting profiles. And I'm really going to challenge myself to swipe right on a few people who maybe in the past I wouldn't have swiped right on because obviously, like the people that I've been dating up to this point, it hasn't worked out. So maybe try a little something else. And you know what's so funny about that is I feel like, um, Brendan is very much like physically the type of person that I always like had a big crush on and like always found attractive, but I haven't really dated a lot of people that look like, cause like you just, you kind of gotta um, try different things and see what happens. And so it's funny, like looks wise, he's exactly what I thought, but personality wise, he's very different from the person I thought I would end up with. So it's just kind of funny what you learn when you, you know, I say cast a wide net a little hesitantly because I think, you know, I'm still a big proponent of being very open and honest about what you're looking for in your dating profile apps. And if it does not, if it results in less people, that's okay, because you're going to have better conversations, you're going to have better dates, but you can do that and still be a little bit more open with who you're looking at and who you're starting conversations with. So I think that's a really great challenge, Gabby. Yes, I will keep you all posted. Um, I have been talking to a few guys here and there, some of them from my past in different scenarios, whether they were friends that I've recently reconnected with who have expressed interest in going on a date or um, a few people who I've actually like 
met, met on Instagram. Um, but yeah, we'll see. See how it goes. I'll keep you oh, guys. This is, this is very mysterious. I'm excited to hear more about it. I'm trying to juggle all of them at once. It's a little challenging, Becky. <laughs> I'll let you know if one pulls through for the team. So is most of this connecting like in real life or in terms of your past folks or like, how's that? Are they like sub, what do they call it? Like submarining where they're just like popping back up for a quick Ooh, I, like, I don't know that term, but <laughs> sometimes like just random, like people replying to my stories, uh, like Instagram stories, or um, I've been traveling a lot recently. So, you know, oh, I was there. We should get together and talk about that. And I'm totally open to reconnecting with people from my past, especially someone I might've dated. There was actually a guy that I dated we went on like four dates probably about five years ago when I was living in downtown Troy and we saw each other on hinge. And so we started chatting a little bit and we're talking about going on a date and I really liked him back in the day, but he wasn't looking for a relationship then. Um, but my profile in my hinge profile, it says I am looking for a committed relationship with someone who is X, Y, and Z. And he obviously saw that and he initiated the conversation. So even though it didn't, you know, it ended five years ago, we're totally different people now, you know, we're almost 30 years old and I'll give it another shot. So, you know, and I think that's the way to give things another shot. I would never encourage someone to like hold out or like he could be the one if and only if this changed because, you know, circumstances often don't work out that way. But giving someone a chance in that circumstance sounds really healthy and kind of interesting. So, so are you go? do you have a date planned yet? Um he is traveling this week, but we tentatively said next week. So I will follow up at the end of this week and see if we can make it happen. Oh, I like this. This is very exciting. <laughs> what do you think is one, um, and I kind of answered this already for myself. So what's a pattern in your dating history that you are wanting to break if you have one? Man, there are many, many of them. Um, I think I use this example a lot. I, my grandmother, um, she's almost 80. She has pretty much hasn't dated in the last 30 years or so. Um, not that men haven't been interested. She's just never really like put herself out there. And so I think to myself, you know, oh, that could be me like single at 80 or have never dated for 30 years. Um, get okay with it, Gab. Like that just might be what happens. But I was talking to my coach about this and how that kind of like haunts me in the back of my mind. Like, I don't know if that's what I want when I'm 80 years old, you know, to have been single pretty much, you know, the last court, like third of my life um, and to not have those experience dating people. And she was like, well, you've even said it yourself. Your grandma doesn't really put herself out there to enjoy those experiences. And if you make the active decision that, you're going to put yourself out there and enjoy those experiences, even if you don't find quote unquote, the one, or you don't find like that person that you want to commit to for the rest of your life and marriage, you still get to experience that getting to know people, that intimacy phase, um, that romance. And that totally is a personal choice, um, depending on how you show up in the world. So I, I, instead of becoming comfortable with the thought of, I'm probably just going to be alone forever, or maybe I'm just never going to find anyone I, that's worth spending time with. I'm thinking to myself, like, Gab, you will. You just have to put yourself in those situations. You have to put yourself out there and give that energy to the universe. So that's really what I'm holding on to moving forward. 
I love that. And I think when you put those things out in the universe, like, and actually this is a great time to replug the book club because the book that we're reading first actually talks a ton about that. Um, the universe has your back and it's really guided ways to tell the universe what you're looking for and then relaxing to let the universe fulfill it in the way that's like um, the best and highest is something that Gabby Bernstein, the author says a lot. So like when I was searching for my person at before every date, I'd be like, you know, let me, let this work out for the best and highest for all. If this is someone that I'm supposed to be with, let's come to that conclusion or, you know, to spend more time with, let's come to that conclusion together and go from there. And so I think um, that is a really great way to think through and, and to be open to those possibilities without controlling an outcome and saying like this next date, this is the one, like, this is where I, you know, it's gotta be this or nothing. Or even if you're in a relationship and you're not sure you're happy, but clinging so hard because you feel like there's no one else out there or that you'll never find someone if you don't make this work, like you have to loosen some of that control, put out in the world what you want and trust that you're going to get it. So Becky and I talk a lot about the universe and we're both kind of spiritual in that we really are super into energy and like putting out vibes and really perfecting the way you show up, how you want to be seen in the world. And I think what I've really started to appreciate over the last year of dating has been trying to slow down and enjoy the journey rather than think so much about the destination. I compare it and my dating coach compares it a lot to business. Like, what do you love about business? And I always say, you know, you have to pivot, you have to adapt. You're creating new ideas all the time. You're learning from different experiences. And she was like, so you don't love business because in 10 years you might make $10 million. And I was like, no, that's not what I love about business. I love the journey of doing things to eventually reach goals that I have, but it's not, I'm not doing it for one end goal. Exactly. I'm doing it for the journey, the process. And I think that relates so much to dating is that we focus so much on marriage or finding the one or I have to have a kid by this age or something of that nature when really we should just be focusing on enjoying building those relationships with people, getting to know them, getting to know their friends, their family, um, learning about yourself and how you react to certain situations um, and, and all of that. And so that's really how I'm moving forward in 2022 with my dating life is really taking a step back, being present and enjoying the process of dating, not so much worried about a timeline or an end goal um, because we only have right now. Well, and you know, I think again, that's also brilliant. And like you said, that's something that we share is sort of that spirituality of it and letting go of the outcome while picturing in your mind, what you hope to ultimately achieve is the highest level I think of, of manifestation and, and what a lot of, um, people who teach that talk about. And I, so I think that's great. And the being present piece, I think it's especially hard I'm going to say it's especially hard for women, but maybe I would even say for, you know, a certain like generation of achievers. And so like, I, I think a lot of us and Gabby, I'm a little older than you, but I feel like you have this trait too. And there was a certain period of time where it was like, achieve, achieve, achieve. And, and you know, you go through school, you go to the next grade, you're thinking toward college, you're, you know, you graduate every job. It's what's the next step. And you're 
so many of us are programmed from a very young age to figure that out. And I fully identify with this as you're saying it. I'm like people who are not watching the video version and who are just listening. My face is like, yes, Gabby, as you're talking about it, because it's so true. We, we are socialized to always be working toward that next step. And in relationships, especially for women, I think it, it can be hard because of the family factor. So if you are a woman who is of age to have a family um, and, and are physically able to do that, you know, the older we get, the, the slighter those chances start to become and, and the harder that is. Um, and so it's hard to be in the moment, especially as you enter into your 30s, um, mid 30s, and, and then eventually into your late 30s. And so that's I feel that I feel that at my core and it makes it extra difficult. And it's, you know, not so easy to say, well, freeze your eggs and then you don't have to worry about it because not everyone can do that. Um, I think if you can at least take a moment, if, if you're out there listening and you're on this journey and you're like, yeah, that sounds really nice, but like I'm 36 and I want to have kids and I'm not seeing anyone right now, pause, just take a breath and take a minute and trust if that's what you want put it out in the universe and then try to release some of that control. And it's, you know, if you need help with that, that's what coaches are for. Gabby has a great dating coach. I do dating coaching, reach out to us. We can help you find a great fit for you. Um, it, it is helpful to have someone hold up that mirror to you in that process. If that's where you are in your mindset, um, because we can tell ourselves some pretty awful stories. Um, and, and women, especially, I think, uh, about timelines and age and, and all of those things. But being present is probably the best thing that you can commit to doing to save your dating life. And I say that even before you get on the date, I say that when you are creating your dating profile and when you're, you know, instead of mindlessly messaging with 10 different people that you swiped on, but didn't really pay attention to their profile, get present before you send a message. And that might mean not sending as many messages or not swiping on as many people all at once. Like, whittle it down a little bit first or, or keep the list small so that you can focus on those uh, things that you're building. And, you know, I know a lot of other dating advice is contrary, build your man funnel and like date all of these people at the same time. I don't think we're programmed or able to mentally handle the load of that either. Yeah. And I mean, you and I are all about meaningful and mindful dating anyway, you know, it's not quantity, it's quality, quality. And um, again, like going back to, you know, in your profile, saying what you're looking for. Yes, it is going to lessen your list a little bit, but you don't want to marry a hundred people, right? You want to marry one person. So if you can really narrow down your, um, like the amount of people you're matching on and able to have those meaningful conversations and really put thought and time into them, that's going to be way more useful in getting you to your goals of finding that one person. And this might be another plug for the book club. So if it's annoying, I apologize, but I'll share that um, one of the books that we're reading and it was a previous um, book recommendation and a heart take, but um, nothing personal. My life in the dating app Inferno is a book that I read recently and it's one that we're going to read with the book club. And it talks about the dopamine hit of getting those matches and getting those likes. And um, I think that that, like reading that was just so powerful because it, we are addicted. These apps are designed to be addictive to us. So you have to be mindful on them. Otherwise you're going to lose yourself in the swipe and always feel like there's something better uh, on the way. Um, so I think 
Gabby, man, you're just, you're nailing it. And I think you are where I was about a year ago. And so you're just on the precipice, like keep doing what you're doing. I'm feeling good. And I, and I really do like, despite the fact that I really want to do that, find that one person, I really do love being single and I love doing my thing. And I love having space and time to do the things that I want. And I'm just enjoying this moment now. And I have a friend, um, a colleague, a friend and a colleague who, um, got married much later in life and when she was almost 50 and she always tells me she's like just love just love where you are like there's nothing more I can say than just like cherish every second of being single and you know you're doing so many great things personally and professionally just cherish it and that's really where I am and I'm just grateful for the dating experiences that I do have and holding out for that right person I love that and as we end, I'll reiterate the same thing. And it's funny. I just finally, after a little bit of separation because of the pandemic and everything, um, we caught up some friends of mine came over to see the house and they brought their daughter who's 18 months old and she is a blast and just like a bright light and so fun and smart and adorable. But as I have really, you know, down and dirty conversations with Lindsay about what it was like to become a mom, it's hard it's really hard and she loves it. She, she would joke all the time. Like, when is this kid's real parents going to come pick her up? But (laughs) You know, she obviously loves being a mom and has loved this life transition, but the idea of just like exactly what you said, appreciating where you are, you know, she is just now getting to the point where she can take a shower fully and like focus on self-care for a little bit without, you know, needing to feed someone or whatever. And, and again, it's magical. And when you're in that stage of life, you want to appreciate that too but don't strive so hard to get there that you're not thankful for where you're at. So it was a, a great reminder for me and how fun it was to, you know, watch their daughter kind of play with our dogs and, you know, be lively and funny of like, Ooh, if that's what, I, that's what I want someday. And it is what I, what I hope to, you know, where I hope to be, but uh, that's going to be a lot to manage. And so why don't we just enjoy this new phase of being together and being present with each other Um, it's all going to happen when it's supposed to happen and unfold the way that it's supposed to. I love it. What a great, what a great discussion we just had. I know this was a really fun, uh, welcome back. Happy season two. We're going to be back next week with our next episode, all about what we're manifesting for 2022. You know what? I love it because everyone else is manifesting in January. We took January to recoup, relax, get through the holidays and you know what now we're ready and we're really clear and we've got a plan and we can't wait to share it with you guys next week yes and we are coming up on valentine's day which obviously is a very important holiday around here and becky and i actually launched capital heart connection almost well it will be a year on on valentine's day so I'm really proud of what we've done in a year and, you know, the foundation that we've built. And we're excited to share with you what 2022 has in store. And I know we're supposed to keep this evergreen, but for those who are listening, the day it comes out in the capital region, we have a happy hour tonight at Riverside Market. And we're so excited in Troy. So if you're listening on the day this came out and you're local to the capital region and you're trying to get back out there, maybe not sure what to do. You're not on dating apps yet, but you want to dip your toe in the water, all of those things come join us. We will introduce you personally to everyone there. And that is the joy of our in-person events. So sorry for those that doesn't apply to, but we hope you'll join us tonight if you are in town and listening on the day that the episode drops. Thanks everybody. We will see you next week. Bye.